0: I get to open up uh, God's word with you this morning from Matthew 18, like Devin said. Uh, So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35 this Lord's Day. We've heard from our Old Testament prophecy that we will see a Savior come that will speak to his people in parables. We've seen that fulfilled in the New Testament as Christ has come and given us parables to listen to as he opens up truths about the kingdom of God. So we're going to stay in step with that for this sermon during this Advent season. Uh, We're going to take a short detour from the book of Acts that David is preaching through. He'll pick that up next week. Uh, And I say short detour as well, meaning the sermon today is going to be short uh, you've already seen everything that we've done so just be prepared it will be a little bit shorter this morning but listen now to the word of our parable speaking savior from matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 35 then peter came up and said to him lord how often will my brother sin against me and i forgive him as many as seven times Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. That is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, one way that you have spoken to us is through parables you've given us these stories not for mere entertainment but you've given us these stories that force us to examine our own hearts would you now holy spirit bless your people with ears to hear bless your people with eyes to see bless your people with hearts to understand the goodness of the forgiveness that we have received and enable us lord to extend that mercy and forgiveness to others I pray these things for the maturing of your church and that your kingdom would be expanded. Amen. So before Shakespeare put those famous words into Hamlet's mouth, uh, to be or not to be, that is the question. Peter actually asked a similar question 1,500 years prior. Peter asked the question to forgive or not to forgive. That is the question. We see Peter ask this in verse 21 of our Lord when he says, "Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as 7 times?" And so church, our big idea this morning won't come in the form of a pithy imperative as I like to do with my sermons, but rather I'm going to ask you a question. A question that I pray will sit in your mind. A question that I pray will seep into all of your relationships? To forgive or not to forgive? That is the question. So how will you answer that question this week? How will you answer that question this month? How will you answer that question this very afternoon? To forgive or not to forgive? That is the question. And we're going to shed some light on answering this question with our parable this morning as we explore uh, this parable in two major parts. The first part comes in verses 23 through 27. But before we actually jump into the parable, there is a giant flashing sign in the preface here that I want you to see that Jesus gives to us. Jesus says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to... And then he starts speaking this parable. When you read those words of Jesus in the gospel in any of the New Testament, your ears should automatically perk up because Jesus is about to give us kingdom insight into the economy of God. And this morning particularly, what does kingdom economy look like in the realm of forgiveness? So, Jesus starts telling the story. He, He primes the pump and says, This is how the kingdom of God functions. And he goes into his story about this king who one day seeks to settle all of his debts. And when a king seeks to settle his debts, that means that the day of judgment has arrived. If you owe the king, today is the day that you will pay. If you owe him land, if you owe him food, if you owe him finance, he is coming to collect. And then we're introduced to this servant, this wicked servant who owes the king 10,000 talents. Now, I don't know if we're up to date on our you know, ancient Near Eastern uh, currency exchange rates, but let me put this to you in uh, simple terms that we can understand. 10,000 talents is equivalent to you working a minimum wage job every day for 60 million days. That is the equivalent to 10,000 talents. It's almost like if a little kid comes up to you and says, hey, if I have a billion kajillion dollars in my bank account, what could I buy? And you're like, there's no possible way that you would have that much in your bank account. Um, But this is what Jesus wants us to see. It is such an insane debt that this man owes. He owes a billion kajillion dollars and he can never, ever repay this. So rightfully, the king orders him to be put into prison, him and his family, until and they will stay there until they return and pay back every single penny that they owe. Yet the servant falls before the king, and he starts weeping, and he asks for mercy. And the only way that this man is going to be set free from his death sentence of being in prison Is if this king extends mercy and forgiveness to this man that owes him so much. Otherwise, the man, his family, his kids, his servants, his household, his job, all of his assets, they are going to be transferred over to the king where he will remain in prison for all of eternity as he tries to pay this impossible debt back. The king grants the servant forgiveness as we see. But I have a question for you. What is forgiveness? What does it mean to receive forgiveness? And it's sometimes the more difficult question that that Peter asks, what does it mean to extend forgiveness, to grant forgiveness to others that have wronged you? Forgiveness in God's kingdom economy means that he takes away all of his people's iniquities, Another way to put that is all of your immoral thoughts, all of your wicked deeds that you have done, if you have mistreated a coworker, if you have yelled at somebody, if you have lied to somebody, if you have killed someone in your heart, the Lord Jesus will forgive that. And this means that these trespasses, these iniquities are no longer accounted to you. When great mercy is bestowed on us, That means that there's a great transaction that brings about this great mercy of of the Lord forgiving us. It's this, this exchange, my transgression for the forgiveness of God. God has given humanity, He's given us as human beings, this standard to live by, right? He has called us to love other people, He has called us to love Him, He has called us to be good stewards over creation. Yet, we owe God over 10,000 talents, don't we? We owe this king of heaven lives that perfectly conform to his word. We owe this king of heaven everything that comes out of our hands and our feet in our mouth, perfection. Where there is no transgression that takes place in our lives or completely conform to what he's called us to. Now, I'm not going to ask you to start listing off your transgressions and debts and we'll start ranking, you know, like the elders will stand up here and rank from highest to lowest. We're not going to do that, but I can guarantee that there is not a single person in this room that lives debt-free. There's not a single person here that has perfectly conformed their lives Everything under and to and by the word of the Lord that we would love him and love other people. We are guilty as charged as a room and as individuals that we have countless transgressions amongst us. You know, if you think about it, it would be a right and a good thing. It would be a just thing for this judge to put us in prison until we pay back every penny that we owe him but this is an impossible task. There is good news for us though, church, because if we were stuck with, I have to pay God back, there would be zero hope. But there is good news. There is this gospel truth that Jesus came and he paid all of your debt, all of my debt. And he did this because he is debt free himself. We should have been punished, but he takes away all of our debt because he's debt-free. He was sinless. He perfectly lived. Think about that. Like, I couldn't even get out of my house this morning without transgressing and not conforming. Jesus did this his entire earthly ministry. Jesus also fulfilled all righteousness, meaning that his life was perfectly conformed to what God called him to do. He loved people, he loved God, he was a good steward of creation. And it is because of Jesus' Sinlessness, his debt-free living, and his perfect righteousness, his conforming to everything that God has for him, we can now be forgiven. As these are these truths are applied to us, his forgiveness is applied to us. It was the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension, the current rule, and the future. Uh, Return and hope that we have that I know for a fact I am forgiven because I can point to Jesus and say this life that was sinless and this life that was righteous is now accounted to me. Look at my Southern First Bank account. I have the riches of Christ accounted to me. This is a free gift. And if you are a Christian here today I want to affirm and share with you that this is not just jesus doing this this is a triune work of god where the holy spirit himself takes the life of jesus and he accounts that to us and then we respond by the grace of god when we have been shown so much compassion and mercy how do we respond to this grace that we have been given And it's not only the the Son and the Spirit, but it is the Father's good plan that He saw you in your transgression, in your iniquity, and He made a rescue plan for you. He knew you by name. It was the Father's plan to call you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. There is no... Transgression, there is no amount of debt, there is no iniquity that you have that exceeds that of the grace of Jesus Christ. So, if you are a Christian, rest in the forgiveness, in the absolution of sin, in your guilt free living. These things do not accompany you anymore. They are not made to be these little weights that you drag around with you and say, Yeah, these can be forgiven, these are not accounted to you any longer. And if you are not a Christian here today, I hate to tell you, actually, I love to tell you, you have debt. You owe God something. You owe God perfection. You owe God perfect conformity. And you cannot pay. You cannot pay, but what you can do is you can also repent of your sin. You can trust that this truth of forgiveness is for you. And friends, I don't know about you, but when you were forgiven debt, there is this beautiful weight that is lifted off of your shoulders that you are living debt-free and that you have the righteousness of God in Christ applied to you. So repent, turn, recognize your debt go to Jesus like this servant and throw yourself down and ask for the mercy and he will give it to you without reluctance he will give it to you without holding anything back he will give this to you because he loves you and that really is you know to forgive or not to forgive that is the question. That's our big idea. That is the question that we need to keep asking. And if we ask Jesus that question, to forgive or not to forgive, his answer comes in the affirmative and says, you are forgiven. This really is a beautiful thing that we get to rest on and receive as we have the forgiveness of Christ applied to us. But what happens when the shoe is on the other foot? What happens when you are in the position of the one who has been offended? What if you are the one that is owed a debt? What if you are the one that has been viciously handled? What if you are the one that has been attacked? What if you are the one that has been slandered or assaulted or sinned against? No sooner does this servant leave the presence of this compassionate king and he walks out of the building with a debt of a billion kajillion dollars forgiven that he goes out and he finds a fellow servant that owes him a hundred denarii which is not even half of one percent of a quarter of what he owed this king He goes and he chokes this man. He chokes him because he is demanding that he cough up the money right now. And if not, he's gonna choke him and he's gonna send him to prison. And the second servant, he lays prostrate just like the first one. This is the second scene where we see it happening again. He lays prostrate and he prays and he asks, please have mercy on me and I will repay everything. But there is no compassion, there is no grace from this servant that has been shown so much grace, you quickly realize that the king's forgiveness of this first servant comes from a heart of compassion and love that cannot be matched. A business savvy person would never forgive so much debt to somebody else because if you forgive that much debt to somebody else, that ends up costing you everything. You end up taking the brunt of that. You have to sacrifice in order to bring about reconciliation of one that has sinned against you. The king saw from his heart of love in this parable that the sacrifice for reconciliation to this first servant was worth every penny. He gave up His fortune for the sake of reconciling himself to this other servant forgiveness was granted and it was given at a cost it wasn't just wiped out there was a cost that came with that forgiveness so I would pray church that this parable is able to examine your heart When you receive love from this king, this gracious king, who has sacrificed everything, he's given his son for you to be forgiven, to have a restored relationship with you. This is not merely a transactional money thing taking place. This is love. This is people. This is reconciliation your heart becomes capable of supernatural forgiveness and you become motivated by this supernatural compassion and this supernatural love when you've been given so much love and compassion, it cannot help but seep out of you in everything that you do and think. And I just wanna say this quickly, that forgiveness, what forgiveness does not mean. Forgiveness means that our iniquity is not accounted to us but what forgiveness does not mean that you invite an assailant back into your house. Forgiveness does not mean that you don't pick up the phone when a crime has been committed. Forgiveness does not mean that you put yourself back into a toxic relationship. Forgiveness means that you no longer stand in condemnation over that person that your heart no longer requires a debt from that person. And remember, there's always room for restitution, right? So if you do something, if you wrong somebody, restitution is a good thing. Read about Zacchaeus who wronged all these people and then gave back in abundance. But what forgiveness means is that you no longer require retribution for the actions of another person. To forgive or not to forgive, that is the question that this parable forces us to ask. And this is a very hard subject, church. It's it's harder for some than others, actually. This parable is not meant to only be applied to those mild little infractions. You know, somebody steps on your toe or scuffs your new shoes or, you know, dings your car a little bit. It's like, oh, will you forgive me? Yes, of course I'll forgive you. This parable is not for mild infractions. This parable is for those who've been seriously and tragically wronged. I pray that you would consider today that you would meditate on the grace and the forgiveness that you have been given by our Lord Jesus himself, that your debt equals any so much more to Jesus than anybody has infracted or infringed upon you. And you know what, as, as you're thinking about forgiveness and as this parable, I pray, continues to do heart surgery on you throughout the week, that you would seek forgiveness counsel from other people for hard forgiveness situations. I would encourage you to come talk to David. Come talk to me. Come talk to an elder. You saw your elders up here. You saw your deacons. Go talk to a deacon. Go talk to Carly and the women's ministry team. If we can help you discern and pray through realizing the forgiveness that you have been given so that you would be able to forgive others of a desperately hard situation, if we can help point you to that supernatural love and compassion and forgiveness, do that church because that is our job together as a body. We keep pointing to our forgiveness as we live in this world to make much of Jesus. So consider if you've wronged others, go to them and seek forgiveness from them. Go tell your brother of your wrong because you have been forgiven of so much that you are now free to go seek forgiveness and restitution to others. To forgive or not to forgive, church, I pray that question sticks with you this week. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it's so hard for me sometimes to even think and consider a fraction of what I have been forgiven. And we're going to spend eternity doing that, Lord, understanding the grace and the compassion that you have shown to us. So, Lord, would you now give us a glimpse of that, even though we can't see our forgiveness exhaustively? Would you make the forgiveness that you've granted your people true? Would you make it real in our hearts that it enables us and persuades us persuades us and and convicts us to go out and grant forgiveness. And Lord, that is a hard thing. And I would ask that even in fractions in our own lives, that we would um, be able to forgive others 77 times. We pray these things, Jesus, that we would live in your kingdom for your glory and for our good. Amen.